Hi, and thank you for listening to Dream 10X Radio, where we interview people attempting to live extraordinary lives. Our twofold purpose is to both direct and inspire people bold enough to do the same. Dream 10X. Face your fears. Hello, everybody in Dream 10X land. I'm your host, JC. And I'm Dr. Cable. And welcome to episode 51 of the Dream 10X podcast. Episode 51. Recall that two years ago we were going to do 52 episodes, so we're almost there. <laughs> and we have a great guest lined up for our 52nd podcast episode. And we hope you tune in for that. And... Uh, about a month or so and we're really excited i hope i hope we can get him on i'm not gonna tell you who it is yet in the event that we can't get him (laughs) but i think we're gonna have him on and we're really excited about our next guest for this episode we are talking about the book trillion dollar coach it's about bill campbell and it was written by ceo of google eric schmidt and two other executive google executives jonathan rosenberg and alan eagle And I had the great privilege to read this book sitting on the beach at the vacation, this family vacation this past summer with my toes in the sand and the surf coming in. And it was just, it's the best relaxing experience to have nobody else on the beach but your your family and to have the environment, calming environment and a good book. That's the best, best experience in the world. So I have fond memories of reading (laughs) this book. Um, so Bill, this book is about Bill Campbell, who is a corporate coach. Do you have a coach in your life? (laughs) Yes. And I am a coach. (laughs) You are a coach. You're all coachy. Yeah. I have a coach too. And so our top five takeaways from this book, the first one is everybody needs a coach. True. Who's your coach? Oh, I have coaches for different things. And I think that's part of it. You have more than one coach. Oh, I have lots of coaches. Give me some examples. Okay, so I have my rowing coach, obviously, um, who makes me a better athlete. And there's, I wrote an article about that on LinkedIn, about how he like really pushes my limits as a a human. And as a human? As a human, yeah. That's a good rowing coach. (laughs) It is. (laughs) And. then I have my Highland Games coach, and that's a virtual experience, so that's a totally different way of pushing me as an athlete. And then in my work world, I have leadership coaches. So when uh, I used to have a regular coach that I would meet with, but that, once I came to a certain level, didn't need that anymore. So now I reach out to my coach when I need like more on-the-spot type of situations where I'm like, okay, I'm not sure how to process this information, or I need a little help working through this change, or can you help, like, so more just-in-time, on-the-spot type of coaching when I need it. I am just now learning something about you that I didn't know. What's that? that? That's interesting. I didn't know you had so many, I mean, I knew you had people helping you, but I didn't realize, oh, you really go out and seek coaching. Yes. (laughs) You you are very intentional about seeking coaching in your life. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your your, uh, business, corporate coach. Um, who is this person and how did you find Well, there have been multiple people that I've used. So when I say coach, like there's been more than one person that I've used. So uh, like one of my best friends, Julie Spire, she's also a coach. Yep. And so she's worked me through issues over the years. And I go to her for specific types of things I need coaching on. Um, 
And oh, how how did you find? I, I'm interested right right now. Yeah. How you go about finding some a coach to help you with a specific problem? Okay, so, how, so that's helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's different ways, and if you're looking for more work type of coaching. They have coaching, so coaching in itself, just to describe that, because people get that really confused with mentoring. So, yeah, and so just to define what we're talking about here, coaching is somebody who does not have to be an expert in in the area that you're in, and it's often better if they're not. Hmm. Their goal is to ask you powerful questions to find your own answers. Hmm. So they're going to ask you questions. They're going to challenge your assumptions. They're going to notice different things about what you're saying, connect it to other things you said in the past, and call you out on it. Hmm. Uh, versus a mentor. A mentor is somebody who does have an expertise in a particular area. And you go to them for that specific reason. And they're going to say, they're going to tell you how to break down barriers and get through bureaucracy. They're going to help you navigate those challenges within an organization. They're going to do and share their expertise with you. And here's my advice. And here's what I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Or here's what didn't work for me. So it's more sharing of information versus what do you think? Hmm. It's a very subtle difference, I think. It it is, except for coaches do not give advice. So if we're in a coaching situation, you say, what are you going to do? I'm going to ask you, okay, so... Well, what what do I do? I'm like, okay, so what does your inner voice tell you to do? Or what um, what's the worst thing that could happen if you did take this route? So I'm going to reframe you asking me what to tell you into a question that's going to make you think about your own answers versus a mentor would say, okay, well, here's what I did in the past. So it's subtle, but it is wildly different because we're going to help you find your own answers. Because in coaching, we believe everybody has their own knowledge and ways to move forward. Hmm. I feel like Coach Campbell did provide advice to mm. the companies he advised. Maybe I'm wrong there, but so and and oftentimes there's you go both ways. Like you can flip back and forth. But if you're seeking true coaching, then it's going to be more of this this experience. Okay, and so finding coach professional coach uh, for yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you go about that? Oh, there's lots. I of mean, things. how did you find Julie Spires? To help? Yeah, so I was fortunate that Julie Spires was my boss for a while, and she was a coach, and so she, as a supervisor, what? <laughs> that's going to be interesting. I mean, your boss is a coach. Oh, it's awesome, <laughs> and that's how I try and coach my people too, like be a coach, a supervisor, because everybody has their own answers, and if you're hmm. constantly coming to me for advice then I'm not empowering you to do your job. And so Hmm. it's really important to help people say, all right, find your own answers. I'm here to support you and really help you flourish versus coming to me because I don't have all the answers. I could pretend I do, (laughs) but it's not the, it's not, it's not going to help anything. It's not going to help the mission move forward. It's not going to help you grow as an individual and it's not going to help what we do. Hmm. So yeah. Um, So that was really cool. And so she kind of taught me and how to do that. And then I, had been through coaching programs before, but I never really leveraged it until working with her as a supervisor. And then I started leveraging coaching and going through more programs to, to be a better coach myself. Then um, I was going through a time where I was trying to figure out whether or not to change jobs. And this was a really big deal. And I had two options that were really good. And my job at hand was really good. So we had, uh, in the government, we have this one organization that you can procure coaching services for, for your senior level folks. 
So um, my organization was part of that program. So I went and we had a cadre of federal coaches and it was great and a great experience short term, helped me make the decision I needed to go forward. Um, there's also personal coaches. So I have worked with personal coaches before. And for there, um, you can look at recommendations. If you have other people that have had coaching, then you can ask them, like, what did you think? Different coaches have different expertises. Like some are really good at life coaching and helping you achieve all of your balance goals. Others are really focusing on your leadership and how you can evolve as a leader. Mm -hmm. So finding that coach with that area of their interest as well as your interest. And also, if for some reason you do not like your coach, you do not have to stay with them. <laughs> and that's like that's a big really thing right. that we struggle with. It's like, okay, so, you know, I paid for these services and I'm really not getting the best experience. You need to tell the coach that mm. because then the coach is going to change what they're doing and how they're doing it to meet your needs. Or part ways. Or part you ways, exactly. Or say, you know what, let's just give you your money back. Let's go away. Yeah. And so it's really important to, to get the best experience out of that coaching right. to have that two-way communication. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this was helpful at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Very helpful. Um, I, I, and like I said, I'm just, I, you know, mentor has been my thing for a long time, mm -hmm. but coach is, I mean, reading about Bill Campbell and how he was a, he was called a trillion dollar coach because mm. of the impact that he had on Silicon Valley. <laughs> trillion yeah. dollar coach. That's amazing. Coaches are important. Um, so I'm reflecting on coaches and the importance in your life. And I have a rowing coach as well as you. Mm -hmm. My rowing coach is a sculling coach. There's a sweep coach. Mm -hmm. And my rowing coach is of great value to me and because he can see what I'm doing when I can't. Mm -hmm. And he can comment on, you know, when I... When I'm, uh, so I'm a scholar and he's my sculling coach and he goes out on the water with us every morning and he observes our strokes and, and how we're rowing and how we're performing and uh, having that, that th what do you call it, third party observation, uh, a point of view of what you're doing and being able to uh, receive feedback on that from somebody else is highly valuable. Mm -hmm. You know, your maybe, blind spots. Your yeah, blind maybe spots. we're slouching and you know, yeah. not, not getting our oar in the water fast enough at the catch and, and things like that. And so that feedback from the coach is extremely valuable in helping us to improve our art, our skill as rowers. Mm -hmm. And so just reflecting a little bit on, you know, yeah, I have a coach too. You know, yeah. I, I always <laughs> don't even think about it. Like, of course you got a coach. You go row. That's what you, you, you know, yeah. you go to the coach every morning. But but don't forget that that's really, really valuable feedback that some people don't get. Yeah. And, and also today we didn't go out on the water. We, um, but the co my coach was Mike Chen. He was just like, well, okay. One of the things you could do to, to hit your goal. Cause I shared my goal. You know, I want to win head of the Charles this year. And in order to do that, I think I got to get a certain time. And in order to get that time, you got to break down that, that, 5,000 meters into little chunks. And so right now I'm working on 200 meter chunks and I'm working on rowing those 200 meters at around you know, 147 split. And so he had me doing 30 of those 200 meters, you know, working on those little tiny things over and over and over and over and over again and hopefully putting that together. And so that's the value of a coach thinking about what my goals are and helping me break those goals down into very specific things to work on. Mm -hmm. So, really appreciate the value of coach. Thank you for sharing. I, I want to hear more about your prof finding professional coaches. Yeah. Go, I don't know how, anything about that. Okay. 
Like if I wanted to find a coach to help me make a million dollars, where would I go? <laughs> you say, hey, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> and you do provide coaching for me, whether I like it or not. <laughs> you can't fire me. <laughs> uh, that's good. I'm not trying to. I'll keep you around for a little bit longer. <laughs> Who's going to make you dinner? <laughs> coach! <laughs> Okay, who is Bill Campbell? Bill Campbell was born in Homestead, Pennsylvania in 1940. And he was a, you know, he weighed about 162 pounds, kind of a small guy, but apparently had a lot of fight. He loved football. He was a really scrappy football player. Mm -hmm. One of those types. Uh, went through high school, played football, then got out, wanted to, uh, went to graduate school, wanted, uh, after graduate school, wanted to be a football coach. Mm. Made sense. So uh, I think he was coaching at uh, Boston College or somewhere up, up north. Things didn't work out. So uh, he got out of being a football coach and, and got into advertising and marketing. And so he ended up in, uh, along the way in Chicago. And then he uh, came back out to New York. He went to graduate school at Columbia uh, or college at Columbia, I think. So Manhattan, New York area mm -hmm. is where he went to college. And then he ended up working out there again. But um, while he was looking for a job in advertising and marketing, he interviewed with the president of either the president or the vice president. I don't remember. But um, John Scully, who was the a president of Pepsi at the time. Things didn't work out. Uh, he ended up working for some other firms for a little bit. But then after a while, he got a call back from John Scully again, and John Scully was now the CEO of, do you know what company? No. John Scully, he was the CEO of Apple. Oh, wow. He was the okay. CEO for, uh, at Apple for a while. It, I don't know if you remember, there was a big rift between Steve Jobs and John Scully yeah. at the time, yeah. and they ended up kicking the Steve Jobs out. He was the guy. Okay. So anyway, Scully calls up. Um, Bill Campbell says, hey, would you be interested in working in, um, at, working at Apple? And that, that was a, a great offer for him. So he ended up moving his whole family out west. And that's how he, he came out to Silicon Valley was from that one little interview that he initially had with Scully at Pepsi. Didn't mm -hmm. work out. And uh, when Scully became CEO of Apple... That got him a job out there at Apple himself. And so now Campbell is doing advertising and marketing for Apple wow. in Silicon Valley. And it turns out that, I don't know if you remember, 1984 when Apple ran that ad with the woman running down the, the hallway with all these like autonomous, you know, I don't know, these people that are like zombies you know and there's a big screen 1984 kind of screen and the uh the overlord was talking to everybody brainwashing him and she throws a big hammer and it crashes the screen it was an iconic commercial it ran at the super bowl um turns out steve jobs loved that that ad segment and everybody else in the company really liked it but the board did not and hmm. I thought that was really interesting. How did a board not like that? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and so they wanted um, Bill Campbell and his team to find somebody else to sell the, their Super Bowl spot to because they didn't want them to run that ad. They didn't think it was. They didn't think it was a very good ad. Hmm. And so they went and they shopped around and they they found somebody to sell their Super Bowl ad to. But. 
Bill Campbell really, he had a nickname, Ballsy. And he had it for a reason. And Bill Campbell really liked that ad. He thought it was good for the company. And so instead of selling the ad to somebody, that Super Bowl ad to somebody else, like the board wanted him to, he said, let's go ahead and run it. And he ran it. And it was a brilliant move on Apple's part. Everybody loved that ad. You know, consumers loved that ad. It really helped um, push, uh, I forget, one of the, I think it was the Macintosh is what the model, the computer yeah. model was at the time that they were selling. And uh, really did great sales for them. And I, so I thought that was really cool that he was the guy behind that, that ad. And I, I have a feeling that's one of the, the moves that he made out there that really pushed him forward in Silicon Valley circles out there. That's amazing. So like being a disruptor, it's really hard, especially when yes. people are telling you, yes. this is not the way to go. Do not do this. <laughs> you will get fired, whatever. And you're like, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> That's like me every day at work, but not to that level. But yeah, it's, yeah well, his nickname was Ballsy. I love so. it, love yeah. it. That yeah. at such an extreme level, he was able to transform an industry. Yeah, the disruptor had to show a commercial about being a disruptor. <laughs> yeah, that's just beautiful. Yeah. So then he goes on. Uh, so another interesting thing about him is the, uh, Apple had a software uh, component called Claris. They had software called Claris Works. Mm -hmm. well, you probably are too young to nope. remember that. I remember Claris Works. I'm just a baby. <laughs> Claris Works was really great software. It was really easy to use software. Okay. When did and it come out? I don't remember. I think it was just like, you know, edit, editing, word, uh, word editing and stuff like that. But um, I think it was around, I don't know, early 90s. Claris Works came out, and so they I had a division. I think I used Microsoft on my computer at that time. Yeah, Microsoft ran on, on Mac then, yeah. too. But Claris Works, I think, was trying to compete with them. Okay. Um, they spun out uh, of Apple, and Campbell ran that, mm. that software division. They eventually spun it back in. but um, So he was head of that for a while. And then <laughs> we're going to intersect with Palm Pilots again. I, this is like the... Well, what, the third or fourth? Oh, at least four or five. And it's because we're talking about all the Silicon Valley stuff in the early 90s. And, yeah. and Palm was like, that was the, the thing then. But So he ran a company called Go after he left Claris. And Go was coming out with technology to make handwriting, rec handwriting recognition software a thing. Before Palm Pilots came, mm. used, before Palm Pilots came out with Graffiti. And graffiti was the same thing, mm -hmm. handwriting recognition, Con that. convert your handwriting with a stylus on a device, convert that to text, yeah, readable, human readable text on your device. But So Go was a company before that that came out and he had that for a while. It wasn't successful. He closed that down and then he went on to uh, be the CEO of Intuit for a while. Nice. So all really, I mean, other than Go, all really big name recognition companies that he... he um, so he started from marketing and advertising and then became CEO of, of Intuit. Wow. And the folks at Intuit loved him. Yeah. And um, he had to step down from Intuit. And when he did, the, the team that he, the, the team there at Intuit took out a full page ad. I think, I think it was the Wall Street Journal saying, you know, good luck in your future endeavors. We loved working with you and everything. So people really loved Bill Campbell who, who had a chance to work with them. Mm. So once he... Once he left, so this is like my, my number two thing. So 
five things about this book. Uh, number one, you need a coach. Number two, who was Bill Campbell? How did he come up? How did he end up in Silicon Valley? So that was number two. Number three is impact on Silicon Valley. Mm. So after he stepped down from uh, CEO of, of Intuit, he, that's when his coaching career re- began. So how did his coaching career s- start off? Well, John Doerr, who was the head of a VC firm out there, Kleiner Perkins, um, said invited him to come in-house and, and um, become a coach to the portfolio of companies that they invested in. Interesting. Okay. I thought that was really, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Here's a VC, head of a VC, recognizing that, hey, this guy can offer a lot of coaching value to the portfolio of companies that we have to help them grow. Yeah. So not, only, not only do venture capitalists bring in coaches for that reason but they also bring in uh other uh technology people yeah to to help um with the technology of the companies that they have too and we kind of witnessed that at y combinator a little bit yeah that's true um so i thought that was really interesting that john Doerr is like okay shop starting to shop him around in some of the companies so so that's how his coaching career began and that's how he um Ended up at Google because John Doerr. Uh, so this is interesting. Google's a, a young company at the time, uh, 2001, and they just hired their first professional CEO, and mm-hmm. Eric Schmidt. And Eric Schmidt is this, you know, he's this shit hot guy. He's got a, a great resume already. Very very smart. And the first thing the VC firm says is, can we bring, would you guys be interested in having a coach <laughs> come in and talk to you? And so I think it sounded like Schmidt was a little bit taken aback by that. Yeah. Like, what do you need a coach for? I'm, I'm the CEO here. I'm going to help the company grow really, really fast. But anyway, uh, that's how Bill Campbell came in, came into Google. Mm-hmm. And so he helped coach um, the executives there at the same time. Eric Schmidt came, came on board as CEO and... Um, the rest is history. They ended up really loving him. Um, uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin and, and all those guys apparently really appreciated his coaching um, wisdom that he brought to the company to help them grow. He also talked to a lot of other startups um, in Silicon Valley, including Steve Jobs. He was good friends with Steve Jobs. He went for walks, long walks with him in Steve Jobs' neighborhood. And... Um, he was a, a strong proponent for bringing Steve Jobs back to Apple wow. after, after he left. And um, he, he coached Apple and said, hey, this is a really bad move for you guys to, to push out Steve Jobs. You shouldn't do that. But um, they pushed him out anyway. Um, and Palm Pilots again. Um, he, he coached the CEO of Numenta. Numenta mm-hmm. was one of the companies from um, uh, Jeff Hawkins Jeff, Haw- Jeff Hawkins company um, blah, 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 blah. Flipboard next door Ben Horowitz uh, he coached boys and girls flag football at Sacred Heart uh, he helped coach Sundar Pakai at Google as well um, and, and all of the value that he helped coach and, and create uh, dubbed him the, the trillion dollar coach. It's incredible. And so this book was written by 
the CEO of Google at the time, Eric Schmidt. Yeah. And so those two kind of helped grow Google at the same time. And this book then became a hagiography. So this is my fourth point about, you know what a hagiography, I, I had no, no idea. I have no idea what that is. Well, it's interesting, they have a footnote. Eric Schmidt recommended calling this a hagiography, but the other two guys, Jonathan Rosenberg and Alan Eagle, were like, well, what is a hagiography? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't know either. It's a biography that idealizes a subject. So this is a this is a, a biography about Bill Campbell and idol idealizing him as a coach. Interesting. Okay. Hagiography. So. I learned something new. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have like six points, but all right, whatever. <laughs> so number five, the concept of the smart creative. I took that out of here. And this is a, an Eric Schmidt term, smart creative. And basically smart creative are, the smart creatives are people who combine their technical talent, their technical acumen with business savvy and creative flair like you and so that's what i want to be yeah, so that's why i, I like was like that. oh i like that it's he actually gave it a term yeah. i i want to be like that i want to be a creative smart you smart are like that person. that's exactly you oh well thank yeah. you that's what i started to be the the intersection of technology and business that's what i want to embody yeah like if i can if i can dream up a business idea and a business model I want to be able to implement it, the technology behind it. Yeah. That, that's what I strive to, to do. So, well, it turns out those are the types of people that Google apparently try to hire. They didn't want to hire me when I interviewed with them, but all right. Um, that, those are the types of people that they strive to hire. And then Bill Campbell came along and said, that's great. Hire them, but also focus on how they weave into the team. Yeah. And so you do that by building communities around these guys mm-hmm. uh, within the corporation. And so that was kind of what one of the, the big things that Bill Campbell brought to Google is you're, you're absolutely right. Hire those individuals, but they need to be able to fit into the team fabric. Oh, yeah. And they need to have a, commu- a corporate community around them. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. That's my world. That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is where I felt really uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you did this, this, and this, and this. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of this book is probably resonates well with you, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, I'll read it. <laughs> and, and then the final point, uh, the fifth or sixth final point, was that Successful teams are all, or successful companies are all about the team. Mm, yes. So uh, it's it's easy to say that, but I've never worked at a company who really focused on the team. And a lot of people, a lot of most companies focus on hiring the smart individuals. Yep. Let's find the smart individual who can build whatever, do have these skills, and has this experience, or whatever. But one of the things that Campbell really helped the tech companies he coached focus on was the team. Mm -hmm. So when you go out to hire these really smart genius to come into your company to help, they need to fit into the fabric of the team. So uh, the team is very important. it sounds cliche it and almost close sound, without this, saying. Again, this is my world, so <laughs> this is like, yes. <laughs> and it's common sense, but, but it's, do it's it. It's very hard you know? to do. It and, takes and, a lot of structure, foundation, and intention. And then you have to continue the process. It's like it's a living organism to really It is a living this. organism. You, so, yeah, you can hire a really smart person and plug them in, but if they don't fit well with the team, 
the team's going to collapse. And th- that's one thing that organizations do really shitty is not teaching hiring managers how to look for that and what right. to do and, and one, how to hire to make sure they are going to fit in the team. And two, once they hire, integrate them with intention. Yeah. So, so much <laughs> you can talk about for hours. Yeah, I thought when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, okay, that's common sense. But wait a it's minute. It's not. It's hard. How many companies can actually ha- have the the wisdom to, to, to actually do that? Because yep. it's, it's hard. And we actually had an idea, a business idea one time about selling teams, mm. teams of people, technical yeah. teams to companies yep. instead of in it. Don't be a headhunter that just pitches one technical person at a time to a company. Pitch. I don't. I don't know how you would do it. I don't yeah, know how you execute yeah. it, but pitch technical teams that have already a well-proven track record. <laughs> put, yeah. And place them in a team because that's that's what you want. You want the team that works well together, and it's really hard to plug in smart people into an existing team and have it still function as well as the team already is, if not improve that. Because they don't have a track record together. They've never worked together before. So that's the cool part, too, because... It takes a while for a team to to, to jive. Yeah, and, and like, building those teams. And that's part of, like, the job of the, I want to say, supervisor or whoever is, like, helping that team is to create, to help create situations to build those dynamics and to build those relationships and to um, work with... So, all right, this is getting a little academic, but... Um, there's this whole concept of the team and the team dynamics and how a team functions and doesn't function. And there's different models for that. There's um, one that I really like, but I'm not going to get into it specifically. Not the Tuckman model. The Tuckman model is totally overused. Um, <laughs> so they go through. I know hagiography. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> but so there's like when a new person comes in, it changes the whole dynamic and they have to get to know each other. So you have to like with intention help that person integrate. And as the team changes, each individual changes. And as the individual Mm. changes, it changes the dynamic of the team. So it's Mm. a constant flow of being high performing Mm -hmm. to rebuilding, being Mm -hmm. high performing to rebuilding. Mm. So it's, uh, it's, and it's good to have that influx of newness to to continue forward. Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, it's it sounds very easy, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's a very complicated topic, and, and there's research and academic, and yeah, <laughs> lots and lots of research. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I thought that was a really big point to pull out. Um, mm-hmm. Sounded like a great guy. I wish I could have had him as a coach, Bill mm-hmm. Campbell. Um, he died of cancer, I think, in 2016, mm. something like that. And just made me reflect on the, the importance of coaches, and you just highlighted it even more. And so maybe you, you can help me find some co- a coach. Yeah, definitely. Yourself. <laughs> and if you're interested in finding a, a coach that can help you in your career, Cindy is great at that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and if you're interested, you can send us an email at support at novelisttracker.com, mm-hmm. looking for a coach, asking about coaching questions, and... She's your woman. She will help you. She helps me all the time. Whether, I, like, I, again, like I said, whether I like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a great coach, so she can help you out a lot. So that's our episode 51. Again, we have a, a great guest coming on next time for our, our 52nd anniversary Yay! episode of Dream 10X. Find us on the web at dream10x.com. And we are now on Amazon, we're now on Apple, we're on Android, and we're on Alexa. Dream to next, baby. Bye.
See you next time. How do I stop this again? <laughs> I can't find it, but I can't even say it.